This time on Poll Hub, our America Now Index is on the move. We're gonna dig into all the metrics to see how Americans are increasingly feeling optimistic, at least about some things. Then, what Americans think about the risk of climate change has an awful lot to do with their political affiliation. No surprise there. But also, their age. We're gonna dig in on that one. Finally, Lee's fun fact is all about the beach. Well, it involves the beach and, well, okay. It's post-Memorial Day, so anything to do with the beach is a good thing, and that's how we're gonna talk about it. Let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Mary Griffith, Media Director for the Marist Poll, sitting in for Barbara Carvalho today. And I'm Lee Marengoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. And you're not Barb. That's what you... That, and I'm that's, not Barb. That's your label. <laughs> yes, it says on my screen, not Barb. I, definitely not Barb. Mary's, Mary's Barb. Barb, but she's not Barb either. No, no Nobody one can be Barb. Barb. Hey, um, we have now done the American Now Index for uh, a year. And as we've said repeatedly every month when we're talking about the index, it only gets more interesting as time goes on because that's the nature of an index is, is the data we get. And this is we started this in the midst of the pandemic, really not the worst of the pandemic. We hoped it was the worst of the pandemic, but it got a lot worse. And um, so the numbers at the beginning were pretty rough, but things are looking up. There's a lot of optimism with a lot of movement in some of these uh, these numbers. The index sits at 6.5, um, which is up um, and well up over where we started quite some time ago. What 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 do you make of this? Well, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, Jay, we, we have this weekly or monthly discussion over the glass being half empty or half full. And so, yeah, uh, we're seeing what, what's going on in the country today is that people are getting vaccinated. And as a result, we're seeing uh, improvements in the health measures, um, which uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, people don't think they're at risk as much uh, as they were, uh, which has to do, I'm sure, with the vaccine. They were more satisfied with their access to healthcare. Um, so we're, we're seeing, I think, that, um, uh, you know, other areas, you know, in health aren't necessarily flying, uh, and these aren't, uh, you know, big improvements either, but I think that's, that's a big deal. Uh, as far as that, Mayor, what were you going to say? Yeah, I agree with you, Lee. And you, that number about the risk being low to uh, one's health has been somewhat optimistic even since we started the, this index uh, about a year or so ago. I mean, it, it wasn't that it was overly optimistic, but it was okay. It was in a, a good zone and it's only improved since then. But I really think that um, what's one of the big takeaways from the May uh, American Now National Ind Outlook Index is the jobs number, that jobs are easy to find right now. Um, just to run through some of the numbers, when we look in the four main categories, we see that the uh, economic index is at 5.7, the health index is at 7.2, community is at 7.4, and the latter two, those have been strong consistently uh, to date for the index. And society still lags behind at, society and government rather still lags behind at 5.7 out of 10. But the jobs number, that jobs are easy to find right now, is at 6.5, and that's been inching up uh, since February. And I believe that's up from 5.6 in April. I mean, that's got to be good news for not just the American public, but also for the Biden administration in dealing with uh, the coronavirus as well as the resulting stimulus. You know, one thing about an index as opposed to just a poll on an issue is that there's lots of factors that go into it. 
and to see in the jobs that there's a 0.9 improvement from 5.6 to 6.5. I mean, I could go through all the numbers and see if that's, you know, maybe the biggest single indicator change in a month. Uh, but like you said, Mayor, it has been going up steadily. And that may also be tied to the opening up of society and, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, there's more, more things, less, less uncertainty, I should say, and more certainty, uh, which means for greater hiring. Jay, you were going to jump in. Uh, one of the things that's interesting to me is to now go, be able to go back and look over the course of an entire year. And it, there, you can see a bit of a wave uh, or, or a or, or, or some soft curves, because we're at 6.5 for the overall index. We were at 6.5 in October of 2020. And if you recall in October of 2020, uh, which was, you know, although signs were beginning to point to not a great winter for COVID, like a resurgence, I think in October 2020, the reason that we had a 6.5 was partly the economy, which was seeming to be on the mend, mainly due to health, the health part of the index, though was that there is this sense that things were getting better. And then the index dove again as we uh, you know, struggled with the, the worst months of the pandemic uh, just after the election. So it's interesting to see that because I think the index is, is accurately measuring um, what people are feeling. And we can see that in how things are going at various times. But the other thing is what changes and what doesn't. And you alluded to this, Lee, in this society and government section. We ask four questions there. And one of them is, please let me know how much you agree or disagree with this statement. You live in a society that is fair and just. And that started at a 4.7. It was uh, one of our lowest numbers. Um, there was a, an economic number that was lower in June of 2020, but it was one of the lowest numbers. It never has gotten above a 5. It's never gotten below a 4.5, and it sits at a 4.8. Well, other numbers have, have uh, fluctuated, uh, especially in the economy and on health, this is one that I think it remains kind of unfinished business, if you will. Uh, a 4.8 is not a positive number, and it hasn't really changed. As we can see over the course of the year, it sits exactly where it is. So it's interesting to see what has moved, the kind of the waves uh, of how some things have moved, the economy and health, and how other things just haven't moved at all. Yeah, I think that's you know very very true. I I, I liked your point, uh, Jay, that this is very reality sensitive uh, as an index, uh, and and again, you know, individual polls you know bounce along, but this has lots of ingredients into it, and it it sort of you know makes for um, a good reality test. I, I you know one of the things I, I would like to say on, on the index, and, and and when Mary was looking at the health and community, and and they are green in our you know the way we scored at seven point two and seven point four, but the economy and this government society measurement at five point seven, um, there's quite a gap here uh, between those, uh, and you know. 7.4 is our best number and therefore as one of the four measurements um, and therefore it looks awfully high, but, you know, maybe in another day and another time, you know, we'd have eights and eights and a half and things like that. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's one of the interesting things about starting the index where we did at, at this kind of low point, not purposefully, but um, what, what is the top? You know, where can this go? Um, I, I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things to watch. Mary, you'd mentioned the, um, on the economy, the jobs number, uh, which had jumped so much. It is interesting, though, that like, for instance, the good time to make an investment has dropped. Um, at, at no point over the last year has that been over a 5.5, which was last month. 
uh, or excuse me, April, and now it's back down to a 5.1. Does that reflect um, the sense that, well, jobs are easier to find, the economy, people still don't feel like the economy is completely out of the woods, you think? I think right now we're in a very tentative position. I think that's what people have been feeling all along with the overall economic index and certainly their outlook toward finances. I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think there's this glimmer of hope that things are on an upswing, um, but I think people are still kind of holding back a little bit before they go out and make purchases. I think they're still being very cautious about their family finances and where they go from here. And I alluded to this earlier, you know, the index is about the mood of the nation, but of course, Americans' moods do impact politics. And so we may think that the midterm elections of 2022 are a long way away, but they're really not. So this is sort of your wheelhouse, guys. What do you think You know, this, this says to not just the midterm elections, but the Biden administration um, now as we move forward? Yeah. yeah, I'm going with a sort of like an okay, but I, I do like your point that, you know, sure, things are getting a little bit better, uh, but you know, we've been down so long and things were so serious that it's going to take a more than three or four months to make people feel that there's greater, you know, yeah, firmer footing on, on the economy. Uh, hopefully, as the, you know, the vaccines continue to make COVID, you know, go away and stay away, um, then, uh, then people would, uh, people would uh, you know, start to feel a little bit more confident um, jobs are doing better, although, you know, last month wasn't the strongest, um, you know, for the uh, jobs picture in terms of the unemployment statistics. Um, but we're seeing that improvement. Improvement's a good thing. Um, I would comment on the overall 6.5 that until we get people having confidence in the leadership positions uh, for people making decisions and to address the fair injustice or lack thereof in our society, those two being both under 5.0 is gonna be very hard to kick up that overall index, the outlook index from 6.5 if those two remain below 5.0. So, you know, to, to argue against myself, <laughs> yeah, it may go up, <laughs> but it's not gonna go flying uh, to the sky unless uh, some of these other things get addressed. And those are tough issues. I mean, those, that's, that's nothing you can uh, legislate into a, you know, instant change. Mary, I'm reminded uh, to your question about the politics of it, that in politics, uh, you generally want uh, your recession, your bad news, your disasters. You want them in the first part of your term, <laughs> not the last part. And if, if uh, you're Joe Biden, um, this is a slow climb up but you'd rather have this slow climb up now and then have it move faster, you know, as you get closer to the election or Democrats or whoever, than you would want to be, you know, blasting off right now and then have the risk of a, of a dive later on. It doesn't always work out. Reagan managed to, I mean, 82 was a disaster for Republicans in the House because of what was going on. But by 84, you know, it's fine. You can, you can pull this up, uh, you know, throughout U.S. history, especially in, in federal politics or national politics. But I think in this case, if you're in the Biden administration um, and looking ahead or you're Democrats, and you're looking ahead to, to the midterms. I think you're saying this is actually looking pretty good from a historical perspective, uh, unless there is that U-turn in any of these big areas. 
and, and but they need these numbers. Uh, Biden needs a big kick because history is not on his side when it comes to the midterm. Sure, and sure. Started thinking about the House and the Senate. So I guess the expectation. Yep. One of the things I was thinking about while you guys were talking was also uh, one of the speakers in uh, Mary and my class uh, um, this semester uh, was talking about. You know, one thing is going to, or I should say, three things that are going to affect Biden are COVID, COVID, and COVID. But I'm not sure that's really going to be true, particularly, you know, if we get out from under. Yeah, six you know, months from now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people want to know what are you doing now for the future? And, uh, you know, there's no kind of like, you know, spiking the ball in the end zone because we've got out from under COVID. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're all feeling, a, you know, a great sense of relief uh, to what has been going on for the last year. Uh, but politically, you know, there's going to be other things coming up. And uh, but don't you look forward? But don't you look forward to the June 2022 podcast when we don't mention <laughs> the word COVID? I do. I can't wait for that one. Well, one issue that is certainly on Joe Biden's agenda, also wrapped into into his infrastructure uh, proposals, um, is that of climate change. And the Pew Research Center released last week the results of a study that it conducted on the topic. And two factors really stand out here, a generational divide alongside of a probably anticipated partisan divide. And this study is actually a part of the a Pew Research Center's Americans Trend Panel uh, conducted at the end of April. And that included 13,749 adults with an oversample of those in Generation Z. And, you know, Jay, you and I, we work with students in our college to career internship program. You're the one who gets their pitches for stories. And, this interest in climate change among younger Americans probably doesn't surprise you too much, or does it? No, I mean, both last semester and this semester, um, honestly, I think I think we could have done a climate change story every week. I was pitched at least one every week, and sometimes two, and sometimes they were a lot of time they were somewhat overlapping, which is why we didn't, uh, you know, didn't do that many. We did, you know, four or five throughout the semester. But yeah, there, this is, and and. To be to be clear, it, within the, our program, our internship program, I mean, we don't, you know, know whose political leanings are where. But as you work with the students, you do get a sense of where on the political spectrum they may be, and the, and we do have a broad range. And across that broad range, we have this interest in climate change. I'm reminded of one other thing, and then I'll shut up. We did a focus group last year. I believe it was Pennsylvania. I may not be getting this right, but I believe it was Pennsylvania. It was swing voters. Uh, who are undecided, and we did this ahead of the election. And it's like, okay, so what? Why are you undecided? What are you looking for? And we had some of the, we had a couple of very young, very Trumpy people in that that said they weren't voting for Trump yet. They were, said they're independent, but they were pretty Trumpy. And both of them listed climate change as this critical issue for them. And I, I remember we all came away from that going, what? Wow. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did get geeky uh, and shared the information about the methodology. Let me share some specific numbers. And I think I may have misspoken that we're looking at the American Trends Panel from the Pew Research Center. So when we look at some of the questions that were asked, um, whether or not climate, cha uh, climate should be top priority to ensure a sustainable planet for future generations, 67% um, of uh, those in Gen Z, 71% of millennials, said, yeah, this should be um, among gen those in Gen X and, and baby boomers, uh, lower proportions. This I thought was really interesting. Uh, nearly four in 10 members of Gen Z think that addressing climate change um, is their top uh, personal concern. 33% uh, 
among those uh, among millennials. And those numbers dip into uh, the, the 20s for the older generations. Um, looking at some of the, there are lots of numbers in this in this survey that they, in this study that they shared with us. Um, Americans who talked about the need for action on climate at least one to two times um, within a certain time frame, 67% of those in Gen Z, 61% of millennials, and, and that was in the past few weeks. And then um, in the past few weeks as well, saw content on social media about the need for climate action, 56% of those in Gen Z, 46% of millennials. And those who engaged on social media uh, with content on need, need for climate action, excuse me, 45% of those in Gen Z, 40% of millennials. And those numbers are much higher than those in the older generation. So are we looking at a more socially conscious generation or what do you think is going on here, Lee? Yeah, I hope so, <laughs> because obviously things, things aren't too great when it comes to the environment. And, uh, you know, my generation sort of flubbed it. I mean, I remember, oh, gosh, 1970 when, you know, environmentalists sort of, you know, emerged as, as Earth Day. Yeah. First year of Earth Day. Yeah. And, and so there we have it. And, uh, you know, that's uh, well, let me do the math. That's 50 years ago. Uh, so, uh, you know, not 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 overwhelmingly uh, interesting, although I will say in, in the defense of us older geezers here, um, although the numbers are very different by generation and the younger folks are much more connected to these issues than Gen X and the millennials, as you were saying, you know, the older folks, uh, you know, we, you know, are okay on some of these numbers. The numbers are lower, but it's not like there isn't something punching through uh, when it comes to, oh, you know, whether we should prioritize alternative energy sources or, um, you know, phase out uh, fossil fuels. I mean, the numbers are worse than the boomers and older. Um, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, the older folks are not interested in, um, you know, phasing out gas-powered vehicles because we're so used to that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's sort of like, you know, we'd react to, you know, eliminating toasters or, you know, eliminating snow plows. <laughs> you know, we'd like to know what that's about. Uh, you know, the, the, this notion of, uh, you know, uh, uh, gas stations, or I should say electricity charging, recharging stations. Seems like a little bit of a reach right now for, for some folks. I do think that where you stand is sort of where you sit in terms of <laughs> yes. looking at this, because this is the world that younger Americans are inheriting. Yeah. There's one data point that really struck me among uh, those in Generation Z, Gen Zers, who use social media content, 69% are more likely to express anxiety about uh, the future when they see climate change related content online. And I think that's really striking. Um, because it is true that they're going to have to live with the environment, the atmosphere, the conditions that are passed down from other generations. Um, but as Pew does point out, the um, older Americans are more likely to vote than younger Americans. But you've got younger Americans who are driving this issue and this discussion. So what does this mean politically? Well, I mean, climate change has been a has has not been a single voting issue, and there aren't many of those that really drive. I mean, abortion is one, uh, guns is another, mainly on the on the conservative side. Um, uh, and so, climate change, to the extent that it is an issue uh, more for liberal Americans than for conservative Americans, 
uh, I think has the potential to be that. It hasn't been. We did a, a story, in fact, uh, during this semester with the interns. One of the stories they did was uh, about the uh, comparative importance of climate change compared to other issues. And Americans just don't list it in a, you know, it's not a top five, not a top four, not a top three, uh, or hasn't been uh, until you get to the generational thing. And then it is. So it is this top issue. So I, I think politically, it's a, it's a difficult thing because it isn't a, there aren't single issue climate change voters. And when you don't have single issue voters on an issue and there is a big partisan divide on that issue, then it's used as a wedge. And it's, can climate change be used as a wedge? It is being used as a wedge and has been, I think, effectively by, by Democrats more so than Republicans. But does that mean you know, we're more likely to actually address it in a meaningful way? I don't know. One thing that does stand out to me in this poll is, when you, is, is that while there are big differences we've been talking about, there's not so much difference about have you personally taken action to help address climate change within the last year? So you talk the talk, have you, have you walked the walk? And 32% of Gen Z said they have, 28% of millennials, 23% of Gen X, and 21% of boomers. Yeah, there's difference there, but one in five boomers have done something, one in three, you know, Gen Z, uh, uh, Gen Zers, Zoomers, whatever they're called, have done something. That's not, in, in terms of the, the number of people and the percentages, it's just not that big a difference. So we talk about it, but how much are we doing about it? And are we willing to do about it? But 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 to, to the point that Mary was talking about on uh, from the Pew study, I mean there is so much, you know, people think so many different sectors are not doing enough that they're doing right. too little. Large businesses and corporations, ordinary Americans, the energy industry, your state elected officials, um, even when it comes to you know whether you as an individual, which is a different question, but something you alluded to, so so. I mean, the only group that people think is you know doing about the right amount or too much are environmental advocacy groups. Well, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get it much anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but again, so there's plenty you mean the of Pope's room. Catholic is that? Yes. What you're to say? <laughs> yes. 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 And the, so I think there's you know there's clearly in here lots of room to grow for the environmental movement, for you know, climate change to connect more in a personal way with people um, over time. The question is, if, is there time, is there time <laughs> left to get it done before it's too late, so. Well, speaking of time, we don't wanna let any more time go by without Lee walking the walk on his fun fact this week. So Lee, what do you got? Well, you know, this is, uh, this is a sort of a throwback uh, to an earlier era and, when we talk about these numbers, you're going to think we should have thrown it back further. But so 1982, we dug into the archives at Roper, at Cornell, Roper Center at Cornell and found a study that uh, done a survey by audits and surveys. And the question they asked was, which one of the following do you think is the main reason women go to the beach? To swim, to sun, to watch, or to be watched? Um, now, 1982, this is a startling answer because, you know, I would think this would have been- Lee, this, this is difficult to swallow. Just go for it. Okay, go for well, okay. To be, got? They got- How many go to swim, Lee? 30, How many go to swim? Swim 10%. Okay, uh -huh. so uh, that's not the beach I've seen, but uh, to, 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 to sun 39 and to be watched 36%. So 75% are either just getting sunned or to be watched in this. Uh, and that's why people go to the beach in 1982, according to women Americans. Go to the that's beach. right, women. Remember, women. women, women, according yes. to the okay. Yes. So this is a this is really a an odd 
question. I first of all, could you would you even think of asking this question today? <laughs> I don't think you could ask this question today. And honestly, when I saw the this merit poll uh, in the Roper Archive and I poll, I thought this was probably thirty years before the poll was actually asked. Uh, I was stunned that this question was even asked in the early 1980s. And I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be watched when I go to the beach. I just kind of want to hang out and listen to the waves. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Jay, are you as shocked as Mary and I? Are? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is we did a we did a, the interns uh, this past semester looked up uh, old questions and a great story about crazy old questions that seem very out of place from the 30s and 40s and 50s. And when I read this, I didn't actually look at the date. I read this in our in our rundown, which is our written description of what we're going to be talking about. And I said, oh, that's cool. They went back to the 50s and found another sexist question. But no, they just went back to the 80s to find a sexist question. <laughs> so so we, so we the more things change, et cetera, et cetera. La plus la chance, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, that doesn't mean that I don't want to go to the beach, regardless of the reason. I like the beach, and it's after Memorial Day. And so this question, as sexist as it is, at least puts me in a good frame of mind. And that's going to do it for this edition of Poll Hub. Poll Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in beautiful Poughkeepsie, New York. I'm Mary Griffith, and Poll Hub's executive producer. Casey Schaff is our production supervisor, and Marcello Bettman is our trusted editor. Thanks, of course, to the Roper Center Archive at Cornell University. They provide us with the ability to look back at survey questions and results over the decades. And don't forget to check out our short series of online learning modules. They can be found on marispoll.com. The Marist Poll Academy is where we give you the one-on-one on polls, methodology, and so much more. Oh yeah, and it's free. Of course, if you have questions or comments, reach out to us on social media. We're at Marist Poll on Twitter and Marist Poll on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you like what you hear on Poll Hub, please consider leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice. Positive reviews help others find us. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week.